Welcome everybody to Governor's Podcast. This is officially Cup of News episode number 39. Just want to give a shout out to all our Patreon supporters, everybody that subscribed to us on YouTube, everyone that follows us. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your likes and your views. What's up, Matt? Good, man. I'm chilling. And in, in this episode, a little bit different, episode 39, we're not going to have a health trend or a health topic, health research topic. We're going to dive into the 4x4x48 challenge. So we're going to talk about our experience, some of the science that maybe we thought about used before the you know the race, prior, during, and just overall how much a damn sucked because we ran 48 miles in two days. And for somebody that's not a marathon runner or a runner in general, that shit was brutal. That was so brutal. So a typical marathon is 26 miles, and we almost ran two of those in two days. And that was it was probably one of the most grueling things I've ever I've ever went through, um, like on purpose, you know. Um, but this is probably the the most amount of strain and physical mental output I've I've given probably probably since playing soccer in high school. Yeah, and you know what's interesting that you said is like, why did you do it? Right, a lot of people have asked me that question, and people thought that we have like some special incentive from completing this race, as if we get like a special lump of money or some shit reward. like reward uh, we didn't get anything from this we actually donated money for the fight for forgotten and our time went into this race our time our energy our freaking <laughs> suffering because now my shit hurts we didn't get really much out of it it was just that this mental experience and this mental toughness that we gained from it yeah there's no physical reward like we didn't like i said we didn't compete for anything or we didn't get anything for for finishing it or, or anything like that and your reason why I did it is because, you know, like I like pushing myself uh, for the most part. I like working out. I like I like being, you know, I like doing athletic things like the gym, running not so much. But, you know, it was one of those, those times where I kind of got got to like a routine in the gym where consistently doing something over and over again. It got kind of boring. So I haven't been pushing myself as as much as I, as I used to or typically do. So when I heard about this 4x4x48 challenge, I was like, you know, when I do it, it's two days. It doesn't seem seem too much. It did seem hard running 48 miles in two days. Definitely, definitely the most I, I've ran ever in my life. But it's something that I thought would be interesting to do and see if I could do it. And it's something that, that it's attainable, right? Because it's only two days. So you could devote two days to doing this, this kind of a challenge. And... Looking back now is we didn't do a lot of good prepping. No, we, we barely did any kind of prepping. But but regarding to why I did this is I, I just wanted to see if I could do it. I just want to challenge myself and I want to see if I could successfully tackle something that I don't normally do and see if I could continuously and do it to the end. Yeah. I just wanted a good mental challenge that's going to be able to keep up with the mental struggle physically. So I wanted a good mental physical struggle to see if I could over overcome that fear, overcome that those thoughts or that mindset of, of me telling myself I can't do it, I could stop. Because there was no goal at the end. It was just to finish it. So we could theoretically stop at any point in time. Because we don't we're not giving credit to anybody. We're just doing it for ourselves. So it just shows you that you know we're mentally strong. And that we could push ourselves to do anything. And the fact that we even took on to this just kind of shows shows where we are in life. That we're just not always doing things for reward. That we don't need a reward for us to accomplish things, right? We could just do it for ourselves. Yes. And it's basically why I did this. Yeah, so for me, like, you know, we talked about episode 100, how we struggle with organization or this and that. And 
sometimes we put excuses into things. So for me, this was like this, you know, like like we said, like this breaking outside of your comfort zone. Like, mm -hmm. what the heck are you made of? Like, do you really want things that bad? Or how bad do you want them? You know, can you can you take a lot more shit, a lot more stress, a lot more mental toughness? And that's what this race was. And then like to tie it together with the whole, you know, movement that we're trying to start with, like Frontline Warrior is... You know, we, we, we are nurses, we are healthcare providers in the hospital, and we have so much energy that we advocate, like we said, right, for patients, right? All the energy goes into save, saving somebody's life, telling them, you got this, keep it up, you're doing great. But then as soon as, like, you get, get us out of the comf uh, hospital, where is that energy? Where is that motivational advocacy for yourself? We don't do that. We are our own worst critics, and we don't take, we don't benefit the most out of life, and life's freaking beautiful rich experiences because we say no to things or we're scared or we're fearful and and this is what the challenge was too mm -hmm. just step out just step and crush all that shit so then now when you look at things you're not very fearful we're just going to move forward and just take things on this challenge was a way for me to kind of step into the patient's shoes because like you said we're always telling them to keep moving keep pushing forward you know stay mentally strong you know do this do that but when it's our turn to step up, to do these things, to change, to do stuff for ourselves. We never do it, right? And we're usually our worst critics, and we also criticize other people. Yep. Like, when you see things on TV, you think you could do it better. Or if you watch something on Discovery Channel about somebody doing some crazy run or doing some crazy athletic ability, you're like, oh, that doesn't seem too hard. But then when it's actually time to actually do it, you're just like, holy shit, things have, have, have definitely changed. And this perception that I had where I thought I could do it, now it's not as easy as me just saying I could do it. I actually have to put my right foot down and my left foot down and actually go through and do it, right? Because a lot of times we see ourselves criticizing people, talking shit, complaining, saying that we could do this, we could do that, we could do it better. But it's time to actually do it, we don't know how to do it or we just give up. Yep. And then we're just all talk and, and, and no game. But back to like putting yourself in your, in your patient's shoes, it's like they struggle all the time. Some of our ICU patients are in the hospital for months, for weeks, and they always hear us saying, hey, keep going, keep pushing, keep pushing. So we push our patients to the to the max. We try to push them as hard as they can go because we want them to survive, right? Their goal, their goal f is basically survival, right? And at one point, I felt like our goal was to survival, was to just to get, just, just to finish, was, just to man. finish. So this just shows you, you know, how much effort, how much mental strain and physical toughness it takes to complete something like this that you've never done before with, with this challenge, right? And our patients are in the same situation. They're in a hospital. They're undergoing even a bigger challenge. So the one thing I want to show you guys by completing this activity is Matt and I are, are not runners. We don't run at all. We barely even ran to practice for this. And we were able to finish this. So this just shows you all that you have the mental strength to basically take on whatever you want to take on. You just have to keep going. It's oh, that yeah. consistency that's going to get you to that, the place where you want to be. And as healthcare professionals, as frontliners... This mental strength that people talk about, we've we have it. We've had it for years because we build upon this in the field. Yeah. In the hospital, I, I can't really talk to you from like EMS standpoint or a firefighter standpoint because I'm not sure how they do everything outside the field or on their field. But our field is the hospital. Our field, our field, our front line is the hospital. That's where we do everything on, and the stuff that we go through on a daily basis in the ICU, you know, titrate medications. You know, starting pressers, you know, adding bicar and starting these different medications, trying to figure out, hey, how can I lower my patient's pH? All that stress that we go through, 
all that almost internal conflict with ourselves, like why isn't this working? Why isn't yeah. that working? That prepares us for all of life's challenges because we literally go through the highest amount of stress anybody could go through. Yeah, nursing is almost like a mental exercise. If you, if you treat it other than just your job and somewhere where you're just clocking in to make money, like it's really a mental exercise. And we talked about it all the time. Like the reason why you know, Peter and I aren't stressed out so much outside of work and we could handle such a high workload is our freaking people are sick as shit. Mm. We're running around at work. So when things happen outside of work, it's like a breeze. Yeah. Oh, something broke. Cool. Well, I'll troubleshoot it. If I can't fix it, just got to go buy it. Got to go fix it. That's just life. You know, mm. I don't sweat bullets anymore, yeah. but I used to. Yeah, the most amount of stress you're ever going to have in your life is going to be that time when you're in hospital and you're trying to survive. The stress of survival is the highest amount of stress you're ever going to have in your life because it's either you ride or you die, right? As a, as a patient, it's either you make it or you don't. And that's your two decisions. And that's what your body's going through mentally, physically, every cell is trying to survive. And then the second most stressful thing is probably going to be trying to keep someone else alive, which is basically what we go through on a daily basis. Because, yeah. and it's not only a one day thing. We can keep somebody alive, but then we have to keep them alive. So that one day battle has to be like a month long victory. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, I think being in the ICU, we see that so much more than other people. Maybe nurses that don't work in the Especially ICU. Especially now with COVID. Yeah. Or if you're you know, a firefighter or something, you just drop off the patient to the ER. You don't see that. But sometimes we got these patients for a damn month. And it's not always like that parallel... Um, what's it called, uh, incline up, like to success, that milestone of leaving. No, it's like, okay, hey, they have three chest tubes. Now they got one chest tube. Okay, hey, pneumothoraxes are getting better. Boom, something else happened. Sepsis, spiking a fever. Now they're back on two pressers. And it's like, okay, well, we took a step forward. We take two steps back. And that's that shit that you're talking about is that survival, you know, and saving somebody's life. Yeah. yeah. So why I basically ran this was when I tell my patients, hey, you can do it, push forward, it's actually going to come from a different part of me. It's going to come probably from more from the heart because I could relate to my struggle with this 4x4x48 into their struggle with trying to survive. So by me saying, hey, John, you can make it. Keep going. That that basically is going. So by me doing this 4x4x48, that means more to me when I tell a patient that. Now I get more meaning out of it okay. by saying, hey, you can do it. Because you know just the amount of like grit that it takes right. to overcome something, right? Yeah. So if I could do the 4 4 48 you could, you know, you could have the potential to bring your life back to normal. So first impressions, I'm going to go off these questions here. First impression of the challenge, of course, um, I think the day before the race is when like we really just hit the fan. We're like, oh shit, this is going to be difficult, you know? Uh, we didn't have much prep. I'm looking back at my app here in February, which was a month before the prep. I ran, I did seven runs with a total of 32 miles. So that's not, that's not that much in a month of running to do 48 in two days, you know? Yeah, I ran a total of three times. Uh, first time was to see how my ankle feels. Second time was to see if I could do four miles where I hurt my knee that time. And a third time was uh, the week of the race. So actually, I lied. I ran four times because I ran twice the week of the race. That's good, man. And like when I think about like patients and them going through their struggle, what's interesting is being in this race for two days. And I think on average, people say that we have 70,000 thoughts a day. 
So imagine having 140,000 thoughts and most of that time is you running and it's already painful running nonstop and just thinking about the shit and trying to like stop the suffering. Mm. But if you don't have a happy place in your damn head, <laughs> it makes the race that much harder because now you're going to now not only are you fighting your own body telling you to chill out because you're tired, now you're fighting your own mind, which is not helping you either because mm. you should be hyping yourself up during that race sometimes, right? There was highs and lows where I was freaking motivated. I was tired as shit. One of the times, the second day at 4 a.m., I was freaking beat, dude. That's when I took some pre-workout. That's the first time that I ran on mile number 38. And there's just highs and lows. But you need to create a happy place within yourself. Is it doable? Yes. But if you if you have negative conversations with your damn self and you catch yourself, this race is going to be a lot damn harder. Mm. Because that internal conflict, the bias is going to come out in that damn race and it's going to be like freaking hell and it's it's just going to be a, a freaking voice in your head that's just putting you down and you can you make it for two days that, sh that shit sounds like hell yeah was, the race was a good way to explore your mind's thoughts and the voices you hear in your head when you're dealing with something that's mentally and physically draining at the same time, oh yeah at the same time it tells you because we could we could have stopped i wanted to stop a handful of times throughout the whole thing. There was a few times where I, where I thought, like, why am I doing this? You know, I could just stop and I could, this whole thing will, will blow over in a week or two. No one's going to remember, right? But for my self-talk is, it's it's pretty strong. I don't really have too much negative thoughts. Like the, the whole 48 miles or whatever that, that we did, a little, maybe a little bit over like 48.3 or whatever with all the added stuff on. My self-talk during the whole time was super positive. I'm like, even with, with the gym, even with working out, like anything that I do to physical, it's always like, I'm going to get it. Yeah. You know? So I, I luckily was, didn't really have much of that, those, those negative thoughts. The probably the negative thoughts, the most negative thoughts I had was when you were in front of me uh -huh. not, and I was behind you. And I was like, and I was struggling because like my left leg was really hurting at the time. I was like, shit, could I do it? I was, that was the most negative I was for a little bit. But then I, I caught up to you and I was like, all right, this, I'm, I'm good now. Mm -hmm. But majority of the race, it was, it, was, it, was, it was fine. So first impressions of it, when I first heard of the 4x4 at 48, I didn't think it would be too hard. And then I started running four miles and I was like, oh shit, so this is how it feels to run four miles. And then I got to do this 12 times, huh? And I was like, all right, it's still not too bad. And then day one when we first started running it ran the first four i was like oh shit i gotta do this every four hours now yeah and it sucked and now looking back at it my first impression now that we're, we're we're done with it like my overall first impression is definitely doable you don't have to be this giant athlete to do it because we did it majority of them we did in under an hour for almost all of them basically and you don't have to view this as a race it's not a competition you know, because we watch YouTube videos and these runners were finishing a mile in like less than 30 minutes, 25 minutes. And it, it's crazy. And they have three and a half hours to rest. Me and Matt resting three hours of that in between recording. So first impression is definitely doable. It's really hard. But if you want to push yourself mentally and physically and kind of figure out where your true boundaries are and what level you're truly at, this is definitely a, a good place to start. I would say 100%. Mm. Hell yeah, man. That, that's what this is. This is pushing your boundaries, your own limits. And like I, you know, me being this always spiritual guru, I feel like this was spiritual for me too, man. Like this was like this cleanse where like I was hungry, like my body, my body, I'm sorry, my mind, my body, my spirit, like it was just all freaking one. Like that's what it was taking at that point. Like it wasn't only like 
your body getting tired. It was just like you, you just like energizing yourself, like telling you to pick up those damn feet and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So definitely doable for everybody. It's got to be a hardcore mother effort. And um, that's what's going to challenge you, you know. Right, right. So we talked about training. Uh, we could jump into diet. And I think before the race, we took our diet seriously. We did a lot of things. And then during the race, it was I didn't really care so much for it because I was burning so much calories. I think... Um, Geez, I don't even know what we ate sometime, but our buddy Dan was cooking up a storm all the time. We ate like hamburgers. Uh, we ate out a few times, so that was good. Mm. Prior to that, I went um, very, very low carb because I try to have like a. Um, I try to. I was trying to run at 180 pounds. That didn't work out. I actually ran like at a 185. So the heavier you are, the harder it's going to take because it's just going to take more cardiovascular demand. Because think about it, you're just a blob of gravity. And gravity is the heavier you are, the more, you know, excur- excursion you're going to have. Is that how do I say excursion? excursion. There we go. Um, so, yeah, definitely diet is low carb, high protein, eating clean. Of course, we always intermittent fast. So that's always on the um, back burner where, you know, we stop eating at like midnight. We consume water and coffee and that's it. So from a diet standpoint, we're very we're prepped nutritionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. I think the physical part was the hardest part of the race, right? Oh, physical for sure. Because that's 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 what was hurting us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't we weren't out of breath during the race. We were just freaking broken, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, our diet definitely we definitely took a lax in, in in our diet. We were consuming a lot of carbs and plus we didn't have the mental capacity to even make food for ourselves. No. The only time that me and Mac made food for ourselves were some simple snacks like a sandwich that just just took like a few easy steps or make some eggs something something easy but our buddies were here cooking for us and you know we probably wouldn't be able to push through um, as well as we, we did without them and and yeah so majority before this race i was majority keto i tried carnivore for a little bit but that i hopped off that like a while back uh so definitely keto and then during the race we just ate a lot of carbs we had a pasta and just kind right. of getting some kind of a nutrition in before we took our nap before the, the prior run and sometimes we wouldn't even eat between runs like there was times where i felt overly full and i would not eat for the next four hours you know and that that's fine so you kind of got a gear gear toward towards just towards what you would do like we would fast intermittent fast we did, didn't fast at all we didn't do any kind of intermittent fasting we just eat whenever we felt like like hungry we were full and we burned plenty of calories to kind of compensate forever for whatever shitty foods we decided to eat that yeah. day. Yeah, and I think we burned like 6,000 calories throughout the whole thing, mm-hmm. probably more because more. of the whole thermogenic stuff. So it's like, I didn't care if I'm like 10 hours fasting, just like you say, man, if I want three eggs right now with some bacon, I'm going to whip it up in the morning. Yeah. But if you if you eat too much, like you're going to be burping it out and feeling it, and it's going to, it's shitty because if you have to burp, why are you trying to focus on a runner's form while you're focused on breathing, and then you have like this acidity coming out of your mouth or i'm sorry your throat it's it sucks mm, throws everything off yeah don't don't eat too much yeah. and another thing that we use during this whole race and stuff talking about diet and nutrition is hydration right hydration is number one thing that i've noticed towards the end it got me uh and we use liquid iv mm. so we bought a packet of i think we had above about like eight each and it's like packet what it does it act um it helps with the delivery system. So normally your water gets digested into the large intestines, right? And it takes a while for that to pass through. So liquid IV has like some special cellular transport technology. So they have like a 
precise ratio of sodium, glucose, and potassium, which creates like osmotic pressure in the vessels, I'm, I'm sorry, into the intestines where it just pulls into the bloodstream and helps you hydrate. So definitely that helped us a lot because we couldn't get enough water every four hours because we slept, we napped, then you're eating food because you need sodium. And I feel like I was thirsty a good amount of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely could have done a little better with the water towards, like you said, towards the end. In the beginning, we were great. But then towards the end, I was tired. I was like, dude, I don't feel like drinking this water anymore. I just want to go to bed. Yeah. Down, ice, my, ice my legs. And, you know, would it have made it better? I mean, probably my my pee was still looking fine. Like it wasn't overly yellow or anything. It was it was still pretty, almost clear yellow, like straw color, like how normally it would be on average. So I, I think that was, was the was the biggest thing. Was our favorite pick-me-up, though? Uh, for food-wise, I don't know. I don't really have any favorite pick-me-up for food. But what I really enjoyed doing when I got back from the run is just laying down and icing my legs. That, that's, that's, that's my pick-me-up because I woke up so much better. I would ice oh, my yeah. legs every time I would go to bed and I would sleep with the ice on my legs. And that was my pick-me-up because I would wake up feeling a little bit better than I did going to sleep. So you, Sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the thing I looked most forward to is after the race, we, I always lay down on the yoga mat here in the living room put ice on my knees or my ankles and use that massage gun. That massage gun on top of everything we're doing came in clutch as yeah. well. It was a lifesaver. Um, I think the massage gun like improves, um, I believe, blood flow and circulation, helps reduce some lactic acid, which is the buildup of, um, of uh, this byproduct in your muscles from producing anaerobic uh, oxygen, correct? Or, uh, uh, anaerobic ATP. ATP. Jeez, man, science is beautiful. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that massage gun helped a lot, you know, reduce soreness. So I, I'm happy for that that we used. Mm -hmm. um, geez, when it comes to snacks, though, also we're talking about that. We also bought like a bunch of the Gatorade little squares, and we thought it's like some hydration stuff during the run. It, that's garbage. Yeah, gushers. You don't need no gusher candy type of stuff in your mouth while you're running. Or tastes in, good though. Yeah, that's all it is, man. I prefer honestly having a piece of gum compared to that. So I wasn't a fan of um, the Gatorade hydration meal thing. I'm not a big fan of gum either. I like I like gum in the beginning, but then it gets all either hard or starts to like disintegrate and that just makes me mad. I mean, like you spit it out, of course. Oh, yeah. You know? And then it also depends on the what type of gum because you know the shittier gum where it just like attaches to everything? Yeah. Even in your lip. You'll put it right next to your lip all of a sudden your lip is just sticking. Yeah. I hate it's those all gums. It's on there and stuff. Yeah, so do we have any ritual before each run? Um, my ritual before the run, I wouldn't do anything like spiritual or anything like that, but my basic ritual was just decreasing the amount of inflammation. So after each run, I would come drink some water, liquid IV, uh, do the do the gun. And then my ritual before everyone, I guess you could say was ice. And I did heat therapy and cold therapy. That was my ritual was heat therapy and cold therapy. I would either go to the pool, into the hot tub, back and forth a few times, or I would do ice hot tub for a little bit, and then ice again during the bed. So my ritual was just basically maintaining the heat and cold therapy. Yes, yeah. Definitely when it comes to ritual, like we said afterwards, we did the whole gun, ice. Uh, prior, I always loved kind of shooting up the gun around my muscles, thighs, calves, right before if we ran, if we drove some rows in the car. Uh, but definitely a little bit of stretching. Towards the end, I didn't even feel like stretching because I was like, what is the point of this? Like my calves were tight as hell. I couldn't relax any of my muscles, mm. uh, but I still try to keep that ritual. And like I'm big on meditation and stuff, but I didn't need to like breathe into my chest and visualize me 
running or anything like that. I didn't do any of that kind of guru no. stuff. Like for me, it was like show up there and just like perform. That's all it was. I didn't need no mental exercise. It was just me going there, me putting on this headphone and just me sucking it up. Like mm -hmm. at one point during this race, it just felt like I was in a, like a dream where you took a nap and the naps are only like an hour at a time, if that. That's all we napped. Like, so we're sleep deprived this during this whole race. And every single time I woke up from a nap, I'm like, oh shit, it's that time again. I got to go on a run. You're never fully rested. Never. And it was just like a nightmare, man. It was yeah, a there was There was some nights where I woke up and I felt worse waking up than I did going, going to bed. Like I felt more tired. I'm just like, how does this happen? Like, I feel like, like shit, I should just not want to sleep. Yes. Yeah, so. and, and that's what, that was the worst at 4 a.m., that mile 38. That's when like I finally kind of crashed. I'm like, all right, Matt, just put your feet down, dude. Mm -hmm. And it was a constant struggle because while you're running, your body's just telling you, okay, Matt, like you already did a good job. Just put your feet down, dude. You know what like, I mean? Like you can stop for a little you bit. You can stop for a little bit. Like who's, you know, you're in the dark. You're no one's going to look. And, and that's true. Like the competition is just you, yourself, and I. Mm -hmm. And someone at work told me that too. Oh, you're running it virtually? You could just lie. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, dude, but that's not the that's point. The point. Like, why would I cheat myself, you know? Yeah, it's not like we're running here virtually because, I mean, we're like, we, we, we tracked everything. Yeah. So it's not like we could lie and say, hey, we did this. Like, it's not like we photoshopped these numbers. Like, we actually did it just for ourselves. Yeah. So did we massage regularly or did we do any kind of breathing exercises like an ice bath? I didn't really do any breathing exercises. Um, massaging, just a massage gun. That's all. We didn't. Well, I got a massage prior to the race. So the race was Friday. I got it done Thursday, the massage. But in between, no, just massage gun. I mean, you wouldn't even have time to to get a massage. So nothing like that. Ice bath, not directly with ice, but the cold pool into the hot tub and just icing our legs with, with bags of ice. That's all we really yeah. do. Yeah. And when it comes to the hardest part about starting each four miles, that was the worst. Um, of course, the first two miles are the hardest because you're starting and I feel like you could start off strong right away. And then for the first five minutes in, you start feeling the problem areas that came back. So like sometimes at one point in the race, I noticed that like my left knee is killing me. And I started limping, right? And I was telling you the stories. Like I preferred to not limp and have more pain in my knee than limp and have a shitty form and slowed me down. It's crazy how much pain you had to endure and how much like mental troubleshooting you had to figure out what's most beneficial for me because this was this is a long distance run yeah dude my legs were were so much pain i started the run running differently than the way i ended it like there was every few miles i'd have to adjust my running style just so it could compensate for the pain that i was having in, in that area like in the beginning it started with my right quad so i had to adjust my running style for to lessen the right quad pain while still maintaining proper form, things like that. And then slowly it progressed to the left and then back to the right. So I had to adjust each time. And then at the end, I, I was limping because my left leg was about to give out and now it's hard. But the hardest part about starting each new four-mile segment is just probably getting up out of bed. The hardest part is just getting up out of bed. Yep. Because once you get the, get the run going, mile, mile one isn't too bad. Mile two to three are horrible. The and first mile isn't bad because the first mile just feels long. Because you're like, oh, when am I going to hit this one mile? You're running. You're like, damn, it hasn't been a mile yet. But then when you hit the one mile, you're like, okay, great. I hit one milestone. I got the first mile out of the way. And mile number two and three, those are just in the middle. 
So you just got to knock those out, right? And right. there's nothing there's nothing really look forward to in the mile of two and three because you're just running just to finish those so you hit mile four. And we're using two apps for that. One of them is a Nike Run Club app. So somebody actually tells you, hey, mile halfway point, mm. two miles to go, average pace. And that that's also what's so cool is that motivates you and tells you to – it gears you on how you should be doing because sometimes I'm just like, all right, Matt, slow down. I ran this first mile really damn fast. There's no point to rush. Or, hey – the third mile goes on, that's when like I start picking up the pace. I feel motivated and stuff like that. So it's it's cool having that to like gauge yourself. Mm-hmm. And the hardest part out of this whole challenge would be definitely the physical. I thought it's gonna be all mental and stuff like that. It was a physical where after like the I wanna say past the 30 plus, like 36 and above, that last 10 miles, 12 I would say even, just started getting hard. Dude. For sure, the hardest ones are for sure the last 8 to 12 miles. Like, those last miles are grueling. I thought those were going to be the easier ones because, you know, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, you're almost there with these yeah. 12, 12 miles to go. You did this for 24 hours. What's, you know, 12 miles? Yeah, one should, fourth, man. Let's go. Yeah, right? It should be easy. Just finish it up. But, no, those those were hard because that's when everything finally just lets go and just you're in full pain mode. Yeah. And it's just the thing that you brought up, the hardest part was the physical and the physical part was hard because it, it hurt. We had pain. Yeah. But we worked ourselves mentally, and we showed that we could get past that physical. You physical made you point. made your body your bitch, bro. Basically, That's what it was. So physically, it, w- it was hard, but it just shows you, even though things can be physically tough and they could hurt you and you could be in pain, mentally you could put that pain to the side and just get get it over with and get done with it. Like, you know, eventually, yeah. right? And when, and when it shows you how strong your mind is because we're physically damaged. Like, we're we're in pain. We don't, we're not sure when our when our legs would have snapped. We're not sure when our ligaments would have torn or our tendons would have torn. We don't know that, right? And it just shows you how strong your mind is that you could keep running even though you're running with so much pain. Right, right. And that physical is literally just like your knees, your tendons, your muscles. Because in this race, like your knee just starts like making noise like it's freaking screeching like yeah. it needs a freaking <laughs> lubricant or something yeah right like your joints is hitting against each other almost. right there's and I, and that was worrying me because i'm just like all right matt like i understand you're so passionate about doing this race but is it fucking really worth it if you're gonna go into the er in two right, days you get hurt for doing something stupid or blowing out your tendon that was my worst freaking mm-hmm. fear my a- achilles tendon i was so worried about that thing because if that thing blows like you hear about soccer injuries oh. Um, and I was like so worried. I was like, that's when I'm like, I'll take some walks and I'll just chill. At one point on the run, I was so physically, mentally drained. I was like, I hope my ankle breaks so I could just not have to run. <laughs> that's literally what's going through my head. I was like, I hope this knee ligament or whatever is bothering me in my knee just snaps off and I fall so I could just not have to run anymore. That's how I was feeling in my head. Damn. That's some shit, right? Like, I hope this thing breaks so I could just not run. Or like, I'd run behind a car and like it would come close to me. I was just like, if that car would have hit me. I would have dealt with the damage, would have dealt with injuries, but I wouldn't have to run, dude. Right. Like, that's like a positive thing almost, dude. And that's where your mind fucks with you. Yeah. And even like the whole prep, like when you have one hour before the race, you know, doing 12 runs, four miles, like it's when you're halfway in there, you're already sore. You're feeling like shit. You're already limping at home. Mm. And, the, and the, the fact that you still have to run knowing that circumstance, because normally you're going to take a rest day, take a day off, right? Hey, I'm sore. There was no excuses here, man. Yeah. Shit, sorry, better suck it up, PD. We're about to go for a run in five right. minutes. Yeah. And, and it's it ma- just probably like, because we do a lot of shit talking in, in the house. 
we didn't shit talk each other like at all. No. Because like, we knew we were both. I knew I was going through some shit. So I knew Mel was going through some shit. And I was hoping my shit, like me going through my shit is harder than what Matt's going through. Yeah. You know? Because it was it was crazy. It was just a mental war, man. Just it. You stayed quiet and just fought yeah. through it. You know, we did good, man. Right. And we're both going through it. So you're like, if I'm feeling like this, then Matt's got to be feeling like this. <laughs> or sometimes I'll be running and I'll be like, fuck, I feel like shit. I want to stop. Does Matt feel like shit? Like, does he want to stop? He probably does it, so I'm gonna keep going. You know, <laughs> but that's good. That's what pushes you. You need bit, it, yeah. yeah. You need something to like just challenge yourself, and you know, because if you're running a marathon, you got all these people passing you yeah. up, and that's that's hyping you up to pick up your pace. Like, right. who's gonna pass you up here? Like Luca on a bike? Mm -hmm. Like it was just you yourself and I this whole four mm -hmm. miles. That's interesting. Um, so when did you feel the pain start to creep in, or the hardest point of the challenge? Well, we touched up a little bit on the hardest point was definitely miles twelve and eight. And when did the pain start to creep in? I mean, shit, dude. I was in pain going into this. And then the first four miles, that pain starts to, to really elevate. Like my right quad and my right ankle were starting to bother me. But then I felt like miles, I want to say, 8 through like 16, maybe 8 through you know 20. I was in pain, but it was like a 3 or a 4. Okay. You know? And I was actually surprised. I'm like, damn, this actually hurts less mid-race than, than, than in the beginning. It hurt less than mid-race. So I was like, oh, this is, this is good. It means I'm gonna have a strong finish. And then I just got shot on at the end. Completely. Yeah, it, it didn't even matter how mm -hmm. much. See, for me, I think it was mile number eight. Very early on, my left calf just like started tweaking, right? It mm -hmm. felt like it was on fire. And I told you, I'm like, I got worried. I'm like, damn, this is early on. I got 40 miles to go. Why the hell am I in pain? And right. then and then a transition from, from there to like the right leg, and then and every all the pain ended up being in my left side, my left ankle, my left knee. And from eight mile, 36, I took a little walking break. I was fine again. And then somewhere in the 40s, dude. I mean, we were both dying at the 40s. Mm. Like that last four mile run, like we knew we could barely, like I was lightheaded, guys. I had to go grab a drink of water because I was freaking out. I'm going to pass out on the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I know I'm going to finish this race because Peter's going to pick me back up. I get a drink of water. I'll still finish it, but I don't want to faint right now, dude. There's, you know how many people those around us? <laughs> yeah, dude. It's funny because we looked so tired and we only ran it for four miles. Peter probably like, holy shit, these guys have some horrible ass cardio because they're here dying on this racetrack. But they didn't fucking know that we just ran 44 miles in the last right. fucking two days, yeah. dude. People are probably like, damn, these guys are gassed out, drinking water, falling. This guy's limping, walking around the racetrack. Like, What's going on with you, yeah, man? This yeah, guy like, got out of here today. Yeah, dude, like, people are telling me, like, yeah, you got this. I'm like, yeah. And, like, I was walking around the track, and, like, a few times the same dude was like, yeah, you got this. Keep going. And I was like... Dude, you don't even fucking know, dude. You have no idea what's going this on. This is like my. This is I ran this track like thirteen times. I got to do like thirteen more, and but you don't know, understand that I just ran forty four miles. Right. I ran this. I ran four miles like two days ago on this track, and I'm here back without sleep. Man. Right, right, yeah, and, and you know people are judging you and they're looking at you, but you don't really care. You don't. First of all, can. yeah. First of all, I'm pretty mentally strong. That I don't really care too much about what people think think about me, you know. But there's all those. Sometimes there's those cases where you just this happens. But this time the whole run was just like me trying to focus. I don't give a fuck. I shut. I I like shut down. All the other voices in my head, I just had a one strict voice and everything else was a silent. And, and that's a very good ex exercise too, that not only we as like vloggers have to deal with it, but just having that that tension on you. And what do you do with it, right? We're, we're comfortable with it now, where it's in a hospital, we vlog and there's always people looking at us, dude. Right. Even towards the end of the race, we had to kind of like... Uh, do a recording of like us falling, you know, on the fifth oh, of July. Funny, yeah. And we had to like pretend like two or three times to like fall. And I'm like, 
I'm like, dude, I cannot record this again. My, uh, I cannot even pretend to fall. I'm just sore as fuck, man. That's what it was, man. You're just, you're just so sore. You just don't want to do anything anymore. And in between the runs, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to. At one point, I was like, I don't want to ice anything. I don't want to eat. I don't want to drink anything. I just want to lay down. Finish but, it. But then you, you can't, you can't became, do that. You became yeah. irritable, right? Yeah, exactly. I was so irritable, dude. Like, I don't want to hold a conversation because I was like, you know, people are asking me simple questions and it's irritating me for some reason. And I'm, I feel like I'm going to snap on somebody. Yep. And yeah, you just... You just don't feel like doing anything, but you, you know you have to do this because if you just go straight to sleep, you're going to be sore because you're not icing anything and you didn't massage anything. Yep. And uh, I think it was 32 miles in, which was like at 4 a.m. I think that was like the most challenging part. That's where I walked the first time. But like early morning, not getting enough sleep, second day, cranky. Like I just didn't have the mojo that morning, man. That was that was tough. And then there's nothing to look at. It's all dark. Um, it's the worst, man. Even though you're a night shifter and I thought we we're going to do so good at night, like this race just kicks your ass. Mm -hmm. But it probably kicked us, kicked our ass a little bit less than other people's because we're used to the nights. But running at night, like you get a little, like you said before, delirious and you get like hyper vigilant where, you know, I'm able to hear all these noises like this bush moving. It looks like a figure, but it's, but you run closer and there's nobody there. Or you think someone's standing by a car, but it's just like a drape over a car. It's so weird. Like you start seeing shit because which is pretty interesting to see because it kind of taps into like your survival mode. Yeah. Because when you're out there in the wild and you're running away from lions or you're trying to stay alive from panthers, all those all those uh, animals, wolves, you got to be vigilant. You got to be hyper-vigilant because, you know, that tree or that that branch or the, or that patch of grass shaking, that can be a sign of a predator. So that's yes. why we become vigilant because we think someone's, someone's there to, to, to kill us because naturally our cells come from a DNA lineage where we survived basically off hunting and being hunted. Yeah, we you just remind me. We remember that one time we are like vlogging in the forest and a coyote was just creeping up on mm -hmm. us and he was very low key, very quiet. Super quiet. Dude, he could have got one of us easy. I know. And we were, we were just to facing the, our backs the whole time towards him. And then we turned around, we saw him and he just ran down the little hill. We're just yeah. like, whoa, man. Luckily, there was three of us. I think if we'd have been alone, he probably would have got us. He got one of us for yeah. sure. Because yeah. then he, he like ran by once we were all a little closer together. Because in the beginning, we were all separated. Like Luke was over there filming something. I was trying to figure out where the sunset is, and you were like kind of in the middle. And once it started coming together, he kind of like dipped. He was probably he's waiting. Like, for he's us. like, nah, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when it comes recommending the challenge for anyone, you don't have to be extreme fitness athlete for this. Uh, we were on YouTube and we saw people running like under like seven or eight miles and nine miles, and they're bosses. But you could do this on your own pace. I think we ran on average like. We're under an hour. Over an hour, yeah. If, if I go on my march, my, my average pace in March, which is 55.8 miles total, is um 12.50 a pace. So 12 minutes and 50 seconds, I basically ran this whole race in. So it's totally doable for anybody. You don't have to be a special marathon runner where you're clocking this in under 10 minutes. You know, like anyone can do this, but it's going to be challenging. It's going to really, really test your mental and physical but of course, you don't have to go as extreme where you could, you know, take a mile walk or you could take a break and do jumping jacks or pull-ups instead. So there's other ways to tweak this challenge if you are somebody interested that's listening. Mm -hmm. We just took it to the extreme one to run the whole damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> we tried our best. Right. So there is a simple requirement, just four miles every four hours for 40 miles. It doesn't matter if you run, doesn't matter if you use a bike, it doesn't matter if you jog, it doesn't matter if you walk. So this challenge is just all about proving to yourself one that you can accomplish things and two mind over matter 
That's all it really is. It doesn't, nobody cares how quickly you finished it or if you ran or if you bike, nobody cares. This is just a challenge for yourself. That's why there's no reward. It's not a competition with, with anybody. It's only a competition with, with yourself, right? Am I able to mentally tell my body to keep going when it's telling me to stop? That's all it was. Because throughout the whole race, our body is telling us stop, 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 stop. But we are telling our body, no, we're going to keep running. Yep. Even though it was physically grueling, it's the mental aspect that got us past it. Because physically, we're broken, we're damaged. Yep. So if we're broken, we're damaged, we're hurting, our body wants to stop. And our mind is telling us to stop, but we ourselves are telling us to keep going because we want to finish this. So that's all it really is. It's like a giant mental test. And it shows you, shows you how in sync you are with your body, but also how out of tune you are with your body. Yep. Right? You're going to learn that even though this is a giant physical struggle, you're still able to accomplish it. Not because you're physically stronger than somebody else. Not because you're a phys- you're not because you're in the best physical shape of your life and you can do this so quickly. It's just the fact that you can get this over with. You set your mind into doing this four by four by forty eight, and it sucks. It's gonna be painful. You know that going in, and you're just finishing it, and yeah, that just shows you where your bar is. You know, it, it's it's how people should take these kind of challenges. Like there's there's no we didn't get a giant trophy. Our our buddies didn't make us a giant cake. Hey, you complete a four by four by forty eight. It's not works. It just me learning about myself during this whole thing and show myself, hey, when it's time for me to push and reach down into into that area where you don't see very often, am I going to be able to to reach that area? And I and I like this because this is going to go into the last question is like, what was your source of motivation during this challenge? You know, and I almost want to call it like, what was your source of inspiration? Because motivation comes in like waves right here and they come and go you have to watch a video you're hyped up but for this we needed we needed to find our source like deep inside of us like that shit was deep that was like energy that was determination like that wasn't something we just pulled up on a youtube video Mm -hmm. like we were determined with no reward to get this done for ourselves because i don't know you wanted to be have a title of a badass i'm not sure but it was just can i do this you set yourself to it i am a man of my words and i'm gonna I'm going to commit to this. Mm. That That's what it meant to me. To me, it was just like the honor of what I told myself. I'm going to do it and I'm going to hold myself accountable to it. And that was like the glory for it. Mm. Um, the way I motivated myself, let's just say, in this race is I was just playing some heavy ass jams, right? Had some good playlists. Um, I did an audible book for a little bit, but that didn't work out too well. And there was a few YouTube videos that I found there like an hour long. And David Goggins was actually in it too. And they're just like pounding some self-motivation to you. Just was just getting me going. Yeah. My motivation was, it's kind of stems down a why, why I did this was I just wanted to see if I could actually do this. So I'm not a person that likes to, likes, like I want to do a lot of shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, you and, do. And you know, sometimes it, it bites me in the ass. But I'm a person that, likes to take on a challenge and I like being able to finish it. That's literally why I did it. I wanted to see, hey, let's do the physical challenge like, and see if you can do it. That's literally why. It's literally that simple. I came, I saw it conquered. It's literally, literally that simple. Yeah, and that's, a, that's literally, like I, I can explain it to you in many words, right. but that's why I did it. And I just wanted to see if I could push myself because I like pushing myself and that's for why- enjoyment. I, I enjoy this kind of shit. It hurts me. It fucking sucks. It hurts. It burns. Do I regret doing it? No. Am I going to do it again next year? I probably will because I like to put my body in this kind of a hurt. 
I like this kind of shit. That's why I go to the gym because I like when my body hurts. That's yeah, kind it's, of it's, a, it's like a physical it thing. It makes me you know? feel like I did some shit. You know, that's why I did it. My motivation, um, I just did one headphone the whole time. I would either do run in silence or I would just play music. Genres wise, I have a place on my on Spotify where it's just my liked songs. So I was getting anything from like dubstep, from um, trance, house, rap, nice, like chill vibes, that kind of stuff. So it was a giant, every kind of genre was, was playing. Because I don't, because when I run, I, I mean, when I run, I don't really need music, but I just wanted just to pass time because I knew it was, oh, yeah. it was gonna be a long time. But yeah, so either it was it was silence or just music, and that's it. And I'm in my mind. Damn. Yep. And that was the. That's really it, man. That's that's all it takes. And just like you said, like it's just you proving to yourself that you can fucking do your it. Your own manhood, man. That's mm. all it is. Like that's I know nowadays people are afraid of gender and boy girl type of shit. But like this this was for my manhood basically. This was grabbing my balls and just being like, Matt, can you freaking do this? Mm. Cause sometimes you act like a little bitch. Mm. So you're gonna do this or yeah. what? You tell everybody gonna do and it. That's what it is. Like, you know, we can't I, we can't really swear on this podcast as much as we like to, but man, my internal dialogue, I was freaking like drilling myself. That's what this was. Like you're just deep, you're in hell week with yourself, man. You're, you want motivation? That motivation is just talking yourself down, just calling yourself out on this shit and just pushing yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. And that's, and that's why people that do that can last a lot further than saying, oh, he's bigger than me in the gym. Well, I'm going to use that negative energy and then build more muscle out of it. You could use that type of form of um, negativity to boost your own self and use that energy. But when you tap into it and you challenge yourself and you're just your own little, um, you're at war with yourself, it, it changes the game, man. The energy is different, man. Just like I told you last thing is that I was running towards the end and there was a guy that I ran past and he did this fake spray bottle at me to like disinfect me because I wasn't wearing a mask. Ooh, man. I just, I took that negativity and I just swallowed his soul, man. I put that energy, put it right into the furnace and I'm just like booking with it, you know? I'm like, fuck that guy. That's that's what I really said mentally, but I used it as a motivator. Just help me going. Yeah, people got to understand that when people talk shit about you, it's either one. It's them. They're, they're Yeah, they're they're jealous or two, they're using it as motivation. Because especially that, that gym analogy that you talked about, you know, we were all there. We were always... Not, not saying always, but we were at one point, people at the gym and talked some shit about some guy because, you know, he's bigger than us or, oh, or whatever. Yeah. But then you don't understand in, in, the, in the background, you're like, damn, I kind of wish I was that big, you know, that kind of shit. So we have this in our in our heads all the time. And, you know, sometimes we can't help ourselves to talk shit in our heads. You know, sometimes you just say, you're just like, oh, why did I think of that? You know, but you can always use that for motivation. You know, there's always gonna be someone bigger than you. And that should be motivation for you to kind of push forward into their direction yes you know, if someone's big you know you talk some shit that's fine but as long as you use it for motivation it's kind of okay because nobody really hears you talk shit in your head you know what I'm oh, only god man yeah. and then for last question was what's our favorite part from doing a 4x4 at 48 uh, my favorite part was probably the ending <laughs> yeah. where we just sat our happy asses down and played some fifa man that, 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 that was it, it was, i was just so happy to to be over with just because there was no more thought of, hey, I got to run this again in four hours. Even though I feel like my body still physically was preparing for that four hours. Oh, I got I got up within four hours yeah, again. Yeah. And like I woke up and I like looked around in bed. I'm just like, oh, shit, there's no, there's no alarm clocks waking me mm -hmm. up. Like, do I have to go again? And it's like, no. Mm -hmm. And it's like just a sense of relief, man. It just shows you how powerful routine is because we were adapted to a routine where we run every four hours and in two days. 
you know so imagine how powerful a routine is if everyone has a weekly schedule monthly schedule and they're doing that over and over again that's how well it gets engraved yeah and and that's what it comes down to changing bad habits and routines and another reason why i made it is if you have such a crazy stimuli you're able to change a lot mm -hmm. but a lot of times in our life and a lot of times in our routines we don't have enough stimuli to push ourselves towards wanting that new change that new routine because mm -hmm. a lot of people want something to change but there's not enough force to overpower the force that's already there, which is the mental programming. When you push enough stimuli force, that's when things and new things arise and change. That's the way we did it for like our routines in this race. Yeah. Any last thoughts about the 4x4 48? <sighs> no, man. I'm thankful for it to be over. I want to thank, thank you or thank anyone that was watching it during our lives. They got better as time progressed as we got less tired. I want to thank anyone that donated. So we still have to give special shout outs to those mm. maybe next episode. And yeah. We'll see you guys next week and in a few days. And for more to come, thank you for listening. Yeah, take care. Have a good day, guys. Peace. Peace.